What's the secret to your hair, Dr. Lisa? I get that question so much. And what I have changed recently is using my Nourish Collagen Peptides from the Nourish Balance Thrive line. As you know, before I ever put my name on anything, I test it out for months. And so therefore, I have been using this product for a long time before it ever became available to you guys. Why am I loving this product so much more than any other ones that I've ever used? A, this is grass-fed collagen. So if you are dealing with post-COVID hair loss, if you are dealing with a Hashimoto's diagnosis or a hypo or just low thyroid diagnosis and you're losing your hair, or maybe you're noticing your hair just isn't as thick as it used to be when you were in your 20s, right? There's so many of us noticing that. You might want to add some collagen into your routine. And the Nourish Collagen Peptides is from grass-fed cows, so you're going to love that. You're not going to get all the nasty hormones or whatever else that might be in conventional products. I am always looking for the cleanest source available. What else? If you're looking in the mirror and you're noticing those laugh lines, or if you can pinch your skin and it doesn't like rebound back as fast as it used to, that means the elasticity of your skin just isn't there and we want to rebuild it, nourish it so it can thrive, right? So the Nourish Collagen Peptides will do just that. And obviously as a chiropractor, I love this because it is good for your joint health as well. So Nourish Collagen Peptides has type 1 and type 3 collagen peptides in it, which are great for, like I said, hair, skin, and nails. So if you are dealing with laugh lines or thinning hair or creaky joints, you're going to want to grab a container of the Nourish Collagen Peptides. You can mix it into your smoothies, into your coffee. You can mix it into like your brownies if you're eating that drlisao.com, click the shop link or click the link below. Okay, I am so excited to share with you guys this episode that I did with Leanne Vogel. You probably know her from the keto world. I recorded her. This is actually was originally in our Keto Virtual Summit, but I want to share it with you guys because it's so amazing. And I will say it was probably one of the most fun interviews that I've done. So Leanne was getting ready to head out on a boat for like months, and I only had one opportunity to interview her, and it happened to be while I was at a seminar in Las Vegas. So you can only imagine the setup. If you follow me on Facebook, you could probably find it. But I set up basically my recording studio in the bathroom in my hotel room in Vegas overlooking the strip so I could interview Leanne. But other than that, I mean, this is you're going to listen to the audio of it. So you can't see all of that. But that's why the audio is so bad in this was because I was interviewing with a microphone in my bathroom. But the reality is she deep dives so much into hormones. So every woman out there, I know we're all trying to figure out keto for our hormones. And Leanne tells you exactly when to decrease your carbs and when to increase your carbs, depending on what day you are in the 30 days of the month. Yeah, you want to listen to it. Trust me, it takes all the guesswork out and makes it so easy. Plus, we laugh a lot. So if you like to laugh, you're going to love it. And if you want any of her information, again, check out the links below because all of her talks that she talks about in it, we've got them listed. Hey there, Rockstar. I'm Dr. Lisa Olszewski. I'm so glad you're here. I know you've been struggling for a while trying to figure out why things just aren't changing. I've been there. I get you. I see you. I know how hard you're trying. I'm here to let you know that there's light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm here to teach you the simple steps to becoming that healthy, vibrant you. 
Are you ready? Let's do this. Everybody, I am so honored to have a wonderful guest, a blogger, an international well-known author, best-selling author, I should say. Um, as we were just talking pre-scenes, like behind the video here, I told Leanne, she was one of the bloggers that I found several years ago while I was going through my own health crisis and trying to figure out why my body was reacting differently than all the guys that I knew. And so we're going to really dig deep into that because like I just shared with you, I think all of us that are really talking about keto now, um, that have been talking about keto for many years, I should say that actually, because everyone's talking about keto now, (laughs) but there weren't a whole lot of us talking about keto four five, six years ago. People thought it was Atkins, but um, we all kind of had our own health healing crisis that or issue that brought us to it. So, can you share a little bit about your, your healing story? And then we're going to dig into all the nitty gritty about females and why we're a little bit different on our yeah, journey. So different. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, Lisa. This is yeah. such a blast. So um, I studied holistic nutrition back in 2007 and I learned that hormonal birth control wasn't so good for women. So I decided the first step I can take as a woman that now has this information is go off of hormonal birth control. So I did that. And that kind of started the whole thing with my interest in hormones and health and how hormones impact our ability to really show up in the world as women. And so Um, after six months of not getting a period after removing the hormonal birth control, I went to my doctor and I said, yo doctor, what's up? I should have a period. Right. And they're like, yeah, sometimes it just takes longer. Come back in six months. So another six months passed. We're now at a year. I still don't have my period. I go back to the doctor and he's like, well, do you want to have babies? And I'm like, no. And he's like, okay, well, what's the big deal then? So I was like, you know, in my twenties and does it really matter if I have a period? Like I understand that, you know, if I get a period, then that probably means I have enough estrogen, which means my bones are pretty healthy. And it probably means I have enough progesterone because I'm ovulating. Um, And now a period doesn't mean that you're ovulating, but we'll get to that later. Um, But, you know, as a 20 something, not having a period, I thought it was a pretty good thing. So a couple of years passed, um, I met my now husband, and he was kind of concerned about it. And so he recommended that I go to a doctor, I was about at the four year mark by then. Um, I chatted with a doctor, she recommended me to another specialist, and that specialist recommended me to a specialist. Um, We were driving all over. Um, We're Canadian. So Alberta and BC trying to find a specialist to help me get my period back. And The only recommendation that I received was, um, do you want to get pregnant? Okay, well, it's not a big deal. If you don't want to get pregnant, just like live with it. Or um, we can put you on hormone replacement therapy. And the doctor that recommended that was really cute. And he was very good looking and had a very nice (laughs) smile. And I was like, sure. Without doing my research, I just said, sign me up. I want to try this. And I went on hormone replacement therapy, not bioidentical, just hormone replacement therapy. And oh, I got a period, but it was exactly the same period that I got when I was on hormonal birth control. It was the same stuff. It was just, you know, packaged differently. And so I got a period, um, no symptoms, no nothing, other than I started gaining weight 
very quickly. I was about to get married. Uh, we had to keep letting out the dress. It was really stressful. Um, I was training for a triathlon. I was getting married. Um, there were a lot of things happening. I had started up my business and I was just so frustrated that I was doing everything right and nothing was working. And I'm sure so many of us have been in that space of like, I just, I'm following step one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. What's a big deal, body? Let's get with it. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when I found a low carb protocol, right? When I was working with my trainer and she was like, you need to be gaining muscle. And I'm like, I can't, this isn't possible. She asked me how long has it been since your last period? And I was like seven years. And uh, my naturopathic doctor recommended a low carb diet. I found keto um, that same very day. One of my friends had posted a picture of a bunch of disgusting meat on a plate with a diet Coke and cheese and used hashtag keto. And I was like, what is this thing she's doing? And that kind of opened me up to the keto thing. And I have a blistered relationship or had a blistered relationship with food. I struggled with um, a couple of eating disorders throughout my life. And so when a woman who has struggled with eating disorders is trying to find food freedom and all of this and just feed her body the way she needs to, finds an eating style, the ketogenic diet, that promises a lot of weight loss very quickly and then she loses said weight, it becomes this vicious cycle, um, for me at least, where um, I cared a lot more about the weight than I did about the hormones, which I kind of came into keto with of like, let's, let's balance these hormones. And so after six months of eating a very strict keto protocol and just about ruining my body for good, I, I was... I was so, so sick after those six months, Um, but my brain felt so lit up and my anxiety was gone. I wasn't on ADHD medication anymore. And so I came at this crossroads of, again, like, oh, I'm doing everything right and my brain feels good, but my body is clearly telling me I'm sick and I don't know what to do. And that's when I realized after, I don't know, a decade of being a nutritionist that um, women's bodies are different and we require a different keto. And once I adjusted keto to work for my body, cause I'm a woman, that's when it all came together. 2015, I got my period back. Um, it is now 2019. It has been years and I'm ovulating, menstruating, all the eightings and um, my hormones are massively on the mend. So that's kind of how I found keto and why we're here right now. That's awesome. And it is, it's one of those things because I have always advocated like a low carb paleo diet, right? With the patients in my practice, et cetera. And it was funny when I was going through my issues, some of the guys that just, you know, huge advocates of holistic health and all of that would be like, there's no difference. I mean, men and women both fasted all of this. And I was like, stop, let's look at it. Like paleolithic era. Like let's just look innately how our bodies are designed. Like we are supposed to carry babies. Like let's look at it with the hormones. So let's go through all of that with the hormonal system. You had just talked about ovulation. Let's get, let's dig into it all. Okay. 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 So um, the first thing that, you know, if you're new to the whole hormone thing, there are a couple of hormones, like key hormones that we're probably going to focus on in today's talk. Cause there's like way too many to talk about all of them, but the main ones that I find women struggle with the most and are really influenced on the ketogenic diet, either positively or negatively, depending on how you practice, is uh, first you have DHEA. And DHEA is a precursor to testosterone and estrogen. 
So if you don't have enough DHEA, you're not going to have enough testosterone and you're not going to have enough estrogen. DHEA is really good for sex drive, building muscle, um, any uh, aging stuff. So if a woman comes to me and her skin is really, really loose and she's dealing with a lot of wrinkles like early on in her life, um, I would probably test for her DHEA. Um, in my case, how I was saying, I just couldn't build muscle. Right. That was DHEA. Then we have progesterone. So progesterone is probably my, it is, it's not probably, it's my favorite hormone because you know, in your cycle where your skin gets really clear and you just feel like you got it going on and like people are checking you out and your hair is beautiful. Like those couple days where you just feel on top of the world, that is progesterone. Right. Like that is like your woman hormone. It's, it's, it raises as we are preparing for the implantation of a fertilized egg. You're going to get clear skin, regular periods. Um, it encourages fat burning. It's an antidepressant. So that's why we feel like we got it all going on. And then we have estrogen. Now this is the bone strengthening hormone. So it's going to increase our sensitivity to insulin. Um, if it's too high, it's going to cause us to gain a lot of weight and then we have cortisol, and that is cortisol. I mean, there's a need for cortisol, but in today's day and age, we're either way, way, way too high because we abuse it or way, way, way too low because we've abused it so much it just can't give anymore. And cortisol is our response to stress and low blood glucose concentration. So if we have really low blood glucose or we have a lot of stress, our cortisol will be released to break down um, muscle or other pieces to um, create more glucose in our body. So we think of cortisol as a stress hormone, but it is, but it does a lot more. And what I noticed when I wasn't eating enough, when I was forcing myself to fast and fasting does increase our cortisol, um, I was breaking down muscle tissue to support um, the glucose that my body required. So that's another big one on keto. And then we have things like testosterone which um, helps in the maintenance of um, tissues. It also helps with our bone mass, sex drive, um, blood cell production, um, digestive uh, functioning, brain mood. Um, and then we get into um, thyroid. And usually someone's like, probably what we'll focus on is um, free T3 and TSH. These are like my two favorite ones. And usually you can tell a lot about a person from their TSH, which think of TSH. Okay, so you have your little baby thyroid. It's right here. It's, I, I like to think of it like a little butterfly or a little kitten. It's very, very sensitive. So you got to speak really nicely to it. And it masters your metabolic rate, digest, di digestion, rather, um, mood. Um, it helps with your brain function. So this little baby thyroid over here in your little neck, um, it is told by your TSH, um, or rather your TSH tells your um, free T3 how much is required. So a person that will have an imbalanced TSH, um, whether it be too high, that could be like your TSH being like, guys, let's do this. Like, where are all the hormones at? Go, go, go. If it's too low, it could mean that free T3 is too high. So it's a good indication of what's going on. So those are kind of the the hormones that are at play when we're talking about hormones in today's discussion. And then we have 
Um, if you want, I can go into how keto helps with hormones. Absolutely, because this is the deal: is that they're all so intricate, like intricately oh, yeah. related, right? And I don't think people even understand that because how often do we see? And, and I might be just jumping down a whole nother road here, but how many people are on their thyroid meds, right? But yet they're still overweight, they're still exhausted, but their thyroid numbers are coming back okay. And I know, like, where you're going with that within the medical community, their thyroid numbers are okay. When we look yeah. at it differently, right? Uh-huh. But, but thyroid and adrenals and ovaries, they're all interrelated. So, um, but definitely let's go and how keep is going to help it. But I know, I know there's a lot of women out here that are struggling within the audience here, having thyroid issues, PCOS, all adrenal issues, right? Adrenal fatigue is a big word that's thrown around. But like you had even said, either it's exactly like no cortisol or we've got so much cortisol because we're abusing our bodies so much. So yeah. let's get all of that. <laughs> yeah, like how much time do you have? Okay, so yes, I'm so happy that you mentioned that they're all interrelated, Lisa, because um, think of, I like to think of the hormone landscape as like an umbrella. So you have all the little pieces of the umbrella coming out from this one like little tippy top at the very begin at the very top of that umbrella. And without that little tippy top, the whole the whole umbrella just falls apart. So think of that little tippy top. I gotta figure out what that part of the umbrella is because I right. use this analogy so much, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, that I little tippy top, yeah, that little <laughs> nubbin. And it, like it's so important, and I don't know the name <laughs> of it. Um, but think of that as being cholesterol. So cholesterol is the precursor for every hormone. And if we don't have enough cholesterol, we're not going to have enough hormone. And that's what drives me nuts. When we talk about aging and women that are getting to their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and perhaps their cholesterol is a little quote unquote high. So their doctor puts them on a medication to lower their cholesterol. And they're going through maybe menopause where their, you know, their adrenals are having to make all their sex hormones now. And not only are the adrenals super exhausted because children and full-time jobs and family and work and all the things. So now the adrenals are having to pump out um, more hormones and our cholesterol is now lowered from medication. I mean, it's all interconnected. So I'm so happy that you mentioned that. And some of the key reasons why keto is so helpful for hormones and why I ended up um, gravitating toward not only just a low carb diet, but a ketogenic diet is because of the fat. Because when we eat more fat and the right types of fat, we are changing our cholesterol profile. Now for me, that was raising up my total cholesterol. I had to raise it. When I would get tested, the doctors, like regular medical doctors were like, Leanne, your cholesterol is too low. You need to raise this. Um, So for me, it was increasing my cholesterol increasing my HDL, lowering my LDL. Um, My triglycerides have always been pretty good-ish, so that didn't really change. But for somebody else, it could be lowering your overall cholesterol, lowering your triglycerides, increasing HDL, lowering LDL. All those different combinations help us to balance our hormones. Now, it's interesting. There was a study that was released in 2015, I want to say, where eating just 5% more fat than usual saw an increase in estrogen and androgen levels by 12% in women after menopause. So isn't that crazy? Like just increasing 5%, they saw that their androgen and estrogen levels increased by 12%. And I think 
so many of us are so afraid of hormones. We're being told like estrogen, no good, cancer, progesterone, no good. Um, but we need them in the right levels and the right levels for us. So we know that keto can help balance our cholesterol. We know that keto can help us give us more fat because that's what it's all about. And also insulin, when we're regulating those blood sugar highs and lows and all those fluctuations, cortisol is released. And just as it is released um, when we're under stress. So our body can't really tell if it's, you know, if we're under stress and acute stress, we're running away from a tiger, or we've just been in a car accident, or we've just gotten a threatening phone call, you know, maybe your mother's in the hospital, and that, that jolt, that jolt of stress that you get is a good thing. And when that when we're experiencing that jolt, um, our blood sugar is released, so we can deal with that situation. But what um, a ketogenic diet does is um, allow us to deal with those acute stressors, but make it so that on a daily basis, when we are um, no longer going through those highs and lows that we don't require as much cortisol. So we're helping balance not only our adrenals in that case, but just our overall blood sugar balance. And then, you know, you mentioned um, PCOS as a concern for many women. And, you know, studies show that PCOS, one of the main things is that um, blood sugar control, that we're just not controlling our blood sugar. Um, then we have things like um, our, our thyroid. So the really interesting thing about thyroid and that free T3 we were talking about earlier is that on a ketogenic diet, we see free T3 go down. And for a long time, people were like, oh, this could show that a ketogenic diet isn't healthy, especially for those that are really free T3 sensitive and people that need a lot of free T3. But when I went keto, I didn't have to care as much about my thyroid. I still do need to take medication, and I don't know if I'll ever get off of it, and that's okay. Um, when we lower our free T3 requirement, and we don't need as much of it, we actually lower a thing called sex hormone binding globulin. And this SHBG is, oh, it is just not awesome stuff. Think of it like Velcro going through your body sucking up all of the hormones before you get a chance to use them. So in the case of somebody like me who required more hormones because I wasn't um, having a period, having a lot of sex hormone binding globulin isn't a good thing because I need my hormones. And so they render them inactive. So by regulating out a requirement for thyroid and actually almost like down-regulating our body's requirement for it allows our sex hormone binding globulin to lower so that the hormones we're making we're actually using. And then we get into um, gut health and with keto, if, if we're doing it, I don't want to say the right way, but like the right way for your body, which generally is eating more plants, focusing on healthy um, fats. We are um, helping our gut and our gut also is involved in our ability to use up our, our, our proper hormones. So if the body is dumping hormones into the body to get rid of it, if we don't have a healthy gut, those hormones will actually be soaked back up into the body and be recycled again. So those are some tidbits on how it's all kind of interrelated. I mean, I could talk about this stuff forever. I get so excited. <laughs> well, how about I know and bringing up gut health, I know this is like a whole nother can of worms, but you had talked about, or at least on your blog about anxiety, right? Um, 
and keto. And so much of our, this whole mind body connection, not mind body, but gut <laughs> brain connection. Um, you can tell I'm a chiropractor. So I'm always like mind body, but um, gut brain connection and how we can start seeing some improvements, even with anybody that's having brain stuff, anxiety stuff as well. Mm-hmm, totally. And so a lot of women, um, so men are a totally different ball game. Like they can do keto, low carb, high fat, like forever. And they're fine. Usually, um, that's a blanket statement, but it's just so much easier for them. It's like 20 grams of carbs forever. No big deal. But for women, I find, um, if you start a ketogenic diet and you're really anxious, um, you may find that your anxiety actually worsens and, um, you know, definitely chat with your doctor and stuff like that. But when somebody says like, my anxiety is getting worse, my immediate reaction is you need to start cycling, um, doing more of a cyclical approach to your ketogenic practice. So that could be incorporating things like apples, sweet potatoes, berries at dinner time, just to help with that. But generally speaking, the ketogenic diet does help with anxiety and just managing that um, and just lowering the instances of a panic attack or depending on the type of anxiety you have and the symptoms of that. Um, but the, but the, the relationship between the brain and the gut is pretty phenomenal. And if anyone's been eating keto for a while, they know that there's something magical that happens to their brain quite quickly. Like right. all of a sudden, they're able to deal with emotions differently. They're more self-aware. And um, yeah, I would say like dealing with emotions differently, more self-aware. And by doing that, you're able to notice just, you know, when you have dinner with your mother-in-law and she's like giving you a hard time, you get a stomach ache. And before you'd maybe not even notice, but with keto, you're so much more aware of your body. I think because you're not in the blood sugar highs and lows that you say, hmm, what's going on here? And there really is, um, like, think of them as like sensors all through your gut, picking up on your brain activity. And when we're constantly stressed out and stuff, what do you think that does to our digestion? Right. So I think because the, the ketogenic diet can be super rich in glycine foods like bone broth and collagen and gelatin and those sorts of things, it's so much easier to um, focus on gut health, but it's also a lot um, it's also very easy because the roots of keto, like you were saying, Lisa, at the beginning, like um, when, when I first started doing keto back in 2014, there weren't a lot of people talking about this. Like it wasn't really a thing. All, all the people thought I was crazy um, for sharing this. And back then and still now, uh, the focus on quality foods wasn't that great. It was like, if it fits your macros, do it. But when we're thinking of gut health, it's really important that we think outside of just does it fit your macros because, uh, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I haven't found any studies that say that um, eating bacon, like a pound of bacon a day is going to help your gut bacteria. Like, <laughs> let's like, let's, yeah, exactly. Let's yeah, the toxicity level of some of them, you know what I mean? Like, I'm a huge advocate of organic foods, and people are like, why? I'm like, especially when you're eating such high fat of them, and, and knowing that that's where the toxicity is stored in us and in animals as well. So, exactly. Um, and the hormones, like, yeah. our hormones are stored in our fat cells. Like, that's why a lot of women, when they start eating keto and they're losing weight, might have an influx of hormone issues pop up. And that's just because, yeah, you're burning the fat that has the hormones and that's got to go somewhere. And that's why a lot of us deal with acne, um, irregular periods, 
Um, women that have been in menopause for a couple of years get their period back just because, yeah, you're right. Like that's, that's where the toxins and the hormones and everything are stored. So it's super important to do food, like do food that is high quality um, just for overall health and wellness. And it might not fit your macros per se, but it fits your body's requirements. Right. That's exactly yeah. it. Right. I think so many people look at low carb, high fat, and they start to try to figure out the macros on it. And that's where I'm just that huge advocate of saying, figure out what works best for your body because what works best for you is going to be different for me. Right. Because I did that one, you know, the whole bit several years ago and went a certain percentage of fat. And then I was like, okay, wait a minute, this isn't working right now. So we all just, and, and it changes. I mean, our hormones, like you had just said, they're changing every single, they're, 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 it's an up and down wave flex all the time. So we need to be able to do some cyclical keto, that type of thing too. So how about that? Like, that's one of the things I know we wanted to touch on. Yeah. Really becoming in tune with our bodies as women, when we can look at some of the increase in carbohydrates and not like, don't go crazy increasing carbs. When I say that people think, oh, 200 grams. I'm like, that's not what I'm talking about. Pound of cherry turnovers. Where are the carbs? Yeah, right. I'm like, no, but like you had said, perfect example would be like an apple or a sweet potato. That's not 200 grams of carbs unless you've got a whole big old, you know, case of them. So yeah. Yeah. So it really depends how many carbs you eat based on how much activity you're doing. If I was still training the way I did before and hormones really important to me, I might have 200 grams of sweet potato, apple goodness. It's very rare that I'll focus on um, non-paleo carbs, but I kind of leave that up to the individual. But um, let's talk first about um, our cycle. So this is for all women that are still experiencing a cycle or for women that want to experience a cycle, but maybe you have amenorrhea, a lack of period, like what I did, and you're just trying to figure out, like, I think one of the major frustrations I had when I was trying to get my period back is figuring out what time of the month I was even on. Like, I'm sure my hormones are doing a little bit of something, but how do I decide? Well, the cool thing is you get to decide. And how I decided is I looked at the moon and I decided to start on a full moon. And that was then my first day of my cycle. So figure out how you want to sync yourself up to the moon and just follow along with what I'm about to share. So on day one to five, so for women that are getting a period, this is the first day of your period to the fifth day of your period. Now this can move like some women have a three day period, a five day period, an eight day period. So anytime you're bleeding, or if you're not bleeding one to five days um, from the full moon, you're eating high protein. That's usually where we excel the most. Um, eating more protein, eating a ketogenic diet that just has more protein. So add an extra burger, have some more chicken thighs, whatever you want to do to add protein, bone broth, gelatin, whatever. Um, then two days before your ovulation to two days, um, well, I want to say, yeah, two days before your ovulation, so the, the last day that you bleed, so maybe that's the fifth day to two days before your ovulation. This is where you could even do no carb. Like you could just no carb it. You don't really need carbs. I mean, if you do, that's great. That's probably beneficial. But if you're like a no carb type of person, this is the time to go hog wild with the fats and the proteins and be good. Then two days before your ovulation to two days after your ovulation. So we're thinking about like, day 12 to 16 of your cycle, this is where the carbs play um, come into play. So now this is such a short period, like it's only four days. Um, 
So um, you don't have a lot of opportunity to eat all the carbs. So what I just say is like for one to two meals um, in that period, preferably at dinner time, take out some of the fat of your meal and add in some carbohydrates. And in days 12 to 16 of your cycle, so this is two days before ovulation and two days after ovulation, um, you need more glutathione. So hey, why don't we make sure we're choosing glutathione-rich foods in our carb ups? So that could be things like apples, um, grapefruit, tomatoes, oranges. Um, now throughout the days when you're eating keto, um, glutathione-rich foods are going to be broccoli, avocado, parsley, um, garlic is on that list. Um, so just focusing on glutathione-rich um, vegetables and fruits and things. And then you get into days 17 to 28, assuming that your cycle is 28 days. Now, all this kind of has to change depending on where you're at in your cycle. But basically, two days after ovulation, you've done the carb up thing. And now you get into the magical time of really having to maybe do a bit more carb ups. So in the previous um, cycle, we maybe did like one or two throughout those five days, but now it could be once, oh, there's like a little bug. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> it could be once a night. It could be once every night or once every week. Uh, I can leave it up to you and kind of see the more hormone imbalance you have. I find the more carb ups you need um, with the caveat of high testosterone, uh, you might thrive on less carb ups. So right. just, um, as a feeler out there. So that's where you're doing carve ups um, to your leisure until you get your period and then you start the cycle all over again. So it basically goes high protein, no carb, glutathione rich foods, and then just carb ups when you feel like it. So there's really only like a week long period where you thrive on like hardcore keto. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> For sure. You made a comment at the very beginning, and I think this is going to be important for some of our listeners too, um, that just because somebody's getting a period doesn't mean they're ovulating. Yes. Yeah. So um, you, uh, okay. So the best way to test whether or not you're ovulating. Um, so ovulation, usually like for me, it comes about 13 days after the first day of my cycle. So I bleed for about three to five days. And then on about the 13th day, I ovulate. And the main way I know that I'm ovulating is that I test my temperature. I track my temperature just to see um, the temperature change. Um, you can also track your um, cervical fluid, like um, your discharge and kind of see where that's at. Um, there's a really good book, Taking Charge of Your Fertility. I think that if you're super interested in this stuff, you should do that. Um, I have not been able to find an app on the Android <laughs> that is as good as the one on the iPhone. I actually kept my iPhone so that I could keep that one app and it's called Life. It is awesome. Um, and that just allows you to time it. Now, if you, are, if you find like you're not ovulating, the number one reason you're not ovulating is because you have not an, or you do not have enough progesterone. And you probably don't have enough progesterone because you're stressed. So what happens, um, you know, you might be thinking like stress, what does that have to do with progesterone? What the heck? So it's something called the pregnenolone steel. Mm -hmm. So pregnenolone creates cortisol and progesterone is over here. And so what can happen is pregnenolone can be made, uh, can be converted over into or cortisol and pregnenolone can also be converted into progesterone. So it's we're basically stealing 
um, the pregnenolone from where progesterone is made to make more cortisol. And so it, it, cortisol is so required that the body says, okay, well, if we don't have enough cortisol, this is danger zone. If we don't have enough progesterone, we don't make babies. And that's probably a good thing because this lady's so stressed out, we don't want her to be making a baby. So you know, even if you don't want to make a baby, I think a lot of women think, well, I don't want to make a baby. Why does this even matter? It does matter. Like we're talking so many symptoms um, that we can experience um, because of this. So a lot of women will have a period, um, but not um, ovulate. And ovulation is really where the magic is because that's that amazing progesterone hormone that you just want. You just want to soak that up and enjoy it. And if you test yourself, um, there are tons of testing things that you can do. Um, I recommend a company called Everly Well, just because um, you can do testing at home. So you just like prick your finger, put it on a piece of paper, send it in. It's like mind blowing that this exists. Um, it's like Jetson's material. It's crazy. <laughs> um, but that, it's really, really, really important to know um, where you're at with your progesterone because that ovulation is like the Mac daddy of everything that you want out of your body. And you know, things change. Once you hit perimenopause, your, your period will get a little bit wonky. You'll be missing some. Um, and really it's kind of, you're staying the course with that and just continuing to eat keto and adjust when you do have your cycle, they'll just be a lot longer of a cycle. And then when you can get into menopause, it's really, really, really important to support your adrenals and meditate, please meditate. Mm-hmm. try to fall in love with yoga or some form of yoga, Tai Chi, something just to support those adrenals because now they're making up for all the work of the rest of your body and making those hormones. It's adrenals are such a huge thing. Like I live an out an hour outside of Detroit, right? And people are always like, well, how come you don't watch the news? I'm like, okay, here's the deal. If you have a cup of coffee in the morning and you turn on the news, like oh. all this stuff going on, right? My body says, holy smokes, I'm running from a bear. Like, and that's when the cortisol starts going shifting. It's not just my body, it's everybody's body. And so we do, because especially, and I'm so glad you bring it up because so often I don't hear people saying this, but as we go into menopause, when those ovaries start to slow down, that's when the adrenals pick up. And if we're already stressed out, like that's not a cool thing. So we do have to take care of ourselves. And really, and one of the other things that, and I, and I will start wrapping it up here, but you are such an advocate for people speaking kindly to themselves, right? Like, yeah. and <laughs> because even if we just spoke to other people, the way that we speak to ourselves, we would have no friends. And the reality is so many people <laughs> just live that way. And just what is the, the turmoil that's happening within the body? So yeah, it's so sad to see and to just like meet women and to even, you know, look back at my old journals and see what I thought about myself. It's just, it's, it's horrible. You're right. Like I, no one would ever talk to anyone else like this, but we do, we talk to ourselves like this and it's, it's nothing you did wrong. You were learned this and it, it's, it was downloaded to you before you could say whether or not you wanted it or not. And it just, it's up to us to kind of free ourselves of that. And I know that when I was in that space of, you know, dealing with a bunch of hormone issues, also dealing with eating disorder stuff and my relationship with my body and absolutely hating the fact that my thighs touched and all those things and like body love, bleh. but it's not about loving your body. I do not love my body all the time. And there are certain things that I don't love about it, but I accept it. I respect it. And that's the difference. 
That's exactly it. What would you say? Because this is one of the things that I'll see a lot with people where they're like, oh, this is a diet. And no, it's actually a lifestyle. But how can you change their mindset when they're like, I feel like, and I mean, I tell them other, I mean, I always are just like, just fuck up and deal with it, right? Like, here's the reality. When they're like, oh, I don't want to have to cook a different meal for my kids. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And they're continuing to look at it as a diet rather than changing it, where for me, I'd say, well, cook the same meal for your children and teach them healthy options as well, right? So, how do you help people with mindset that way to really focus in to not hate the fact that maybe their body's responding a certain way? Like if there's an allergy to a food or whatever it is that um, as they're trying to make healthier choices. Yeah. I think it really comes down to fear. Um, I think a lot of the things that we do or don't do is because we're scared of the outcome really. And it can be really scary to step outside of something and do something else. And oftentimes when people say, well, I can't do that because, and I can't do that because it's usually because they're afraid of something. So I work with um, tons of women on kind of breaking that down and working through their fear and understanding like, why do you want to do this? Why, why are you wanting to do this? And oftentimes it comes to the point of, you know, like, really huge health scares until people do stuff. Like I've heard horrible things of women that had to get tumors, lose their eyesight, stop being able to walk until they finally said, huh, maybe I should do something about this. And that is just so sad to me that our culture doesn't value how important it is to take care of our bodies. And we just outsource it to like a doctor and say, well, I'll just go to the doctor when I have an issue. It is your responsibility and birthright to take care of your body. So I think that belief system and just reminding yourself that it is just you. There's nobody else on this planet in this universe that will take care of you. So nobody else can fix it for you. You Yeah. And and nobody actually cares. Like, let's be honest. Like, nobody cares like and I know that that's like kind of a harsh way nope. of it, but like nobody will care like you will care so I think when people say I don't want to make another meal for my family don't make one meal right right like, I always say I have yet to see a two-year-old drive themselves through McDonald's just saying right exactly. like the choices are being made by somebody else it's it's an education thing and yeah. you know getting your kids involved getting your partner involved um if budgeting is an issue and there's a lot of stuff there's so many resources out there on how to do this um on a budget and start with one fat choose coconut oil cook with it do everything with it and when you go to costco next grab some avocado oil and just pick away at it i think we just we make everything um challenging and it doesn't need to be and I think it really comes down to fear understanding that you are enough and you deserve and you have a birthright to take care of your body and also um having a supportive community if you're surrounded by toxic people and environment you're probably not going to make wise choices for yourself and that's why Lisa like starting off your day with the news and a coffee like that's not going to benefit you at all like cut it out and find a community of supportive women um, to help you along this journey. And when you're around that in energy, it's just like you want to do good. Like you just, you want to try new things and you want to talk about it. I think community is so important. And you were talking about that primal living and getting back to that. Like 
Um, I read a study that um, back in like, how was it like the 1600s, people would meet a total of 30 people in their entire life, like 30 people. <laughs> like I see 30 people walking down the street on a Saturday, <laughs> like, you know, so yeah. we, the sense of community is really lacking because those 30 people that we would meet would be like our best buds back then. Right. And we would know all of them, but now we don't. And I think it's really important that we find a sense of community. And that was really the driving force behind creating my happy keto body program so that I could create that, that community for women um, that needed that support. So dig into that and let's, let's go through how they can find out more information about you and about your programs too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, find the books and everything online, but let's oh let's figure out how they can like network and work with you. Yeah, of course. So you can find me at healthfulpursuit.com. That's kind of like my home of the internet and where you can find a lot of stuff. And then my love of all loves, my 12 week um, ketogenic video training program for women, Happy Keto Body. Um, I launched it in April of 2018. I've taken through um, two amazing groups of women through this almost, I think it's 1800 students so far, just like teaching women how to be their best advocate, showing you how to eat a ketogenic diet all the way through dealing with thyroid imbalance and autoimmune conditions, food sensitivities, gut healing. Um, and I'm only one person. So we've brought in coaches uh, to our program. I developed the program with the help of a naturopathic doctor, Dr. Nina Lewis Larson, to bring in more of the science-based stuff. So I focus a lot on um helping women through the beginning stages. And then if you want to go so deep as figuring out what your genes say about you and whether or not you have the APOE4 gene. And, you know, we go really deep into um, that kind of sciencey stuff if you're interested in that. So you can find more at happyketobody.com. Registration opens uh, January 10th to the 17th. Um, and then we run our, our, our women through the program and then open it up again. And that's really just so we can focus and give them our undivided attention with coaching calls and, forum chats and all the things to just help them along. And it's just, it's always been a dream of mine to just create a safe space for women to thrive um, with other women that have the same values and want to learn how to accept and respect their bodies from a place of a ketogenic diet and really learning how we can use fats to, to thrive. That's awesome. I love it. And it's, it's, you've created the community. That's wonderful. So thank you for all that you've done and helping getting true keto, like good healthful keto out to the public because I've always laughed. Like had I told people 15 years ago to eat a low carb paleo plan, like I used to say, let's just decrease our carbohydrates, but they would have freaked out and thought it was, you know, Crazy. Things, right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, it, we're still talking about the same thing. It's just the different wording. So yeah, it's so true. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for all of your time today. And um, I, it was so informative. And I know there's going to be a lot of women out here that are really going to like, have had some massive light bulbs go off throughout. So That's what I want. All the light bulbs going off. Thanks so much for having me, Lisa. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much.
All content provided by Dr. Lisa Olszewski and her guests in her programs, including this podcast, her website, summits, and other platforms, is for educational and informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider before you make any changes to your health routine, especially related to this content. Ask your physician questions about medical conditions. No statement has been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and products mentioned or discussed in these programs are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I hear it all the time. How do I get my kids to eat fruits and vegetables? How can I get them to take a multivitamin? Or even for our adults, I hate fruits and vegetables. How do I incorporate some of the great benefits of this? This is why I created the Nourish Super Greens and Super Reds. You are going to love them. They are all organic. You have organic green blend and an organic red antioxidant blend. But what else I love about this... I brought in immune support as well. So we have such amazing superfoods, all of the different mushrooms that are in there, along with digestive enzymes. And you can just mix it into your smoothie. You can mix it into some water, but it tastes good. There are no added sugars. You're going to love it. So just click the link below or go to drlisao.com and click the shop button.